Good morning, and welcome to the Sunday stream at Flat Creek Baptist Church. We are so thankful that you've joined us today, whether you're watching online or you are joining us on Glory FM 97.5. We are grateful for you being here today, and we look forward to worshiping alongside of you this morning. God bless you. Flat Creek Baptist Church. Are you excited we get to worship a risen king this morning? All right, well, I want to invite you to go ahead and stand up with us and let's sing this song together. We will remember.
morning. Thank you so much. Would you please be seated? So we want to take a minute and just say welcome to Flat Creek Baptist Church. If you are a first-time guest with us, let me encourage you to look at the back of the pew in front of you. There should be some green slips of paper there hanging out of the little card holder. We would love for you to fill that out, uh, not because we want to bombard you with anything, but we want to know how we can come alongside of you, maybe uh, walk through discipleship with you as you walk through your relationship with the Lord, uh, and perhaps you might even be interested in joining our church family. That would be a great joy for us. So let me encourage you to consider filling that out and turning it in on your way out the door at the end of the service. Uh, I do want to take a minute and just say Pastor Zach is not with us. Most of you know his grandfather passed away Thursday evening at 630. Uh, the family decided to plan the funeral service for this afternoon. Uh, and it's about four-ish hours away from here. So he peeled out of here this morning to go be with family and to prepare, finish preparing rather, to uh, lead that service as well. So uh, let's take a minute and let's just pray. Let's lift him up. Today we have Pastor Jim Austin coming to fill the pulpit for Pastor Zach as he's away. So let's lift both these guys up in prayer at this time. Lord, we thank you so much for the privilege of corporate worship. I pray that this would be something we never take for granted or, or approach lightly. Uh, what a privilege it is to gather and worship your name and magnify you and exalt you together. Lord, I pray uh, for Pastor Zach and his family. I pray for peace and comfort uh, in the midst of this storm. Uh, we just sang about it, Lord. I pray that you would bless them. Uh, and I pray you especially bless Pastor Zach as he's preparing to lead a funeral service for his grandfather that he was so very close to. We rejoice in the knowledge that his grandfather was a strong believer. And so we, we have that comfort and that hope and that reassurance through his testimony that one day we will too graduate from this lifetime into glory with you. What a day it will be. Lord, we pray for this service as we move forward. We want to lift up Pastor Jim Austin. We thank you for his being willing to step in last minute uh, and bring a word from you this morning. I pray you speak through him, hide him behind the cross, Lord. And I pray, uh, as I did at 830, Lord, I pray people will leave here uh, exalting you if they forget about who all of us are. What a joy it would be to say that they leave proclaiming Jesus everywhere they go. I pray that would be all of our heart. We thank you for your love and your many blessings, Lord. I pray you bless this time as we continue to sing and hear your message. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, I want to invite you to stand. Let's greet each other, welcome each other to church. Find somebody that's a first-time visitor and say welcome to the family.
to God. Thank you. You may be seated. Love. 
Listen, if that's your testimony, I want you to stand and sing this next song with us. The world's going to throw things at us left and right, amen. And it's going to try to distract us with all the things that are appealing and pleasurable. But I'd rather have Jesus. Let's sing it.
I can't tell you how long we've been working on that song. I'm so glad it's done. But what a glorious thing. Amen. Listen, at this time, I want to go ahead and we're going to dismiss the choir, but also children between the ages of kindergarten and fifth grade. If you want to make your way down to the front over here to my right, your left by the, behind the piano, you can head out to Children's Church. Miss Breeze will meet you over there. Uh, and at this time, uh, I want to welcome to the stage, back to the stage, rather. He was our transitional pastor for a little over a year. Uh, right before Zach came, Pastor Jim Austin. Would you please give him a warm Flat Creek welcome as he comes up to the stage? Again. Am I on now? Okay, I'm on now. Good to see you. Th thank you, Caleb. Uh, <laughs> Caleb does a great job leading the worship here and Amen. was blessed to worship with him, work with him when I was here as interim for about 16 months. And then uh, thank the Lord uh, for Pastor Zach. Sorry about his uh, grandfather, but we visited a little bit on the phone late yesterday afternoon and I shared with him both my grandfathers passed away before I was really a teenager. And so what a blessing to be able to visit with your grandfather till you're 40 years of age and, and he'll be uh, in heaven, get to see him again. And that's just a great blessing. I know that the family's privileged to have uh, Zach be able to be with him today. And I'm so thrilled to see what God's doing in Flat Creek Baptist Church. It's just uh, praise the Lord for it. And you're part of that and the importance of that. You. You hold a very important position in the church, whether you're elected or not. And today I want to talk about how to make the best of your church life. Because uh, it's wonderful to come to worship service and, and hear the wonderful music, fellowship together, hear the word preached, uh, have, a, have a golf cart pick you up and bring you to the front door. I mean, how many churches do you have that? So I just, it's wonderful. But everybody's got to find their role. Everybody's got to find their place in church. Where do I fit? Because you're uniquely gifted. You're uniquely made by our Lord. And God wants you to use that unique gift that he's given you in the church and service in the church. And the church will be a much better church if you discover that gift and then start using it. It's great to be here. It's great to worship together. It's great to sing and to clap and praise the Lord. We thank the Lord for that. But you also got to find out, all right, where do I plug in? Where do I fit? How can I contribute? Not just financially, but as far as the gifts God's given me in the church. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Um, when Pastor Zach called, I, most of my sermons are series. So you're going to get a compilation for a lot of series today. I didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare, so I'm going to give you a, compil a, compil uh, a compilation from several about uh, your spiritual gifts. And there's three primary biblical passages on spiritual gifts. One's Ephesians chapter 4, one's 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 14, and one's Romans chapter 12. You go to those chapters to find out what spiritual gifts are. And Ephesians chapter 4 gives a little bit of background in what their purpose is. Uh, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, teachers. For, for, the purpose of the gifts are, for the equipping of the saints 
for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. So you and I are gifted for the work of the ministry and lifting up of our Savior and strengthening the body of Christ. And everybody has a gift. 1 Peter 4.10, as each one has a gift, so use your gift in ministry one to another. As everybody has one. You've got one, I've got one. Some of them are platform kind of gifts. Some of them are behind the scenes kind of gifts. But everybody's got at least one gift. So I'm going to cover a few of them today. I can't cover all of them. And you don't want, to, you don't want me to cover all of them today because we'd be here next week sometime. But I'm going to cover a few highlights today and then leave it uh, to Pastor Zach to cover all the rest at some, at some point in the future. But one gift we want to look at today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And verse 9, and it is described as the gift of faith to another faith by the same spirit. And so the gift of faith, everybody has faith as far as coming to know Christ as Savior. But some have a unique gift of faith that helps them have a vision for what God wants to do. Not only who they should be, but what God will want to do in and through the church and community and beyond. And so that's a gift of faith, where you believe God. Faith is Hebrews chapter 11, one, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's believing God sometimes against all circumstance. The circumstance is going one way, but faith tells me I'm going to trust the Lord, and I'm going to go that way. I'm going to believe God regardless of what circumstances are. Some of you today may be confronting that very same issue. Circumstances tell you, throw in the towel. Circumstances say, give up. Circumstances say, give in. But God says, I'm the majority, not people, not circumstances, I am. You keep your eyes on me, and I will honor you. In Matthew 14, 29, you read the passage about Peter walking on water. And he said, Lord, call me to see if I can walk on the water. And he stepped out of the boat, and he walked on water. And he kept walking on water until he took his eyes off Jesus. And he began to sink once he took his eyes off the Lord. And that's what happens. You and I take our eyes off Jesus, that's when life begins to fall apart and can become undone. But we criticize Peter, but at least Peter got out of the boat. The rest of them were still in the boat. At least he got out. And so you, you praise him and honor him for doing that. Now, what does it mean to have a gift of faith? Well, on the grand scale, I think about when Debbie and I left here, my wife Debbie's with me this morning, and um, we left uh, what was Blackshire Place, now Christ Place Church, to go to Virginia to pastor. And while we are in Virginia, got to know, uh, was blessed to get to know Jerry Falwell Sr. And back in the late 60s, mid-60s, Jerry Falwell got a vision from God to start the uh, Christian University. Uh, to become one day the largest Christian university in the world. Now, three of our children are graduates of Liberty University, which it became. And so we know a little bit about it, a little bit of familiarity. And everybody kind of laughed at Jerry. Uh, you're going to do what? And you're going to do it where? Lynchburg, Virginia. I mean, that's nowhere. It's not even Richmond. It's not Roanoke. It's tiny Lynchburg. And you're going to start and grow the world's largest Christian university. He said, that's what God told me to do. I'm going to step out by faith and do it. I know there's naysayers. I know there's folks that don't believe. I know folks that are not going to buy in, but that's God's vision. Well, fast forward now, 
in Lynchburg, Virginia. You can drive up there today, and you will drive past the world's largest Christian university. On-campus students, over 16,000. Online students, perhaps some of you taking courses. Online students, close to 100,000 students. And Jerry Falwell said, not only are we going to establish the world's largest Christian university and raise up champions for Christ, we're going to have the best athletic teams. And one day, we're going to beat Notre Dame in football. <laughs> well, they had not played Notre Dame yet, but they have beaten Baylor. They have beaten BYU, and last year they beat Arkansas on Arkansas's homecoming. And so it's, it's just uh, great to see what God can do when you step out by faith. And some of you are hesitant to do that, but God's word is if I've, if I've gifted you in the area of faith, now certainly stepping out for salvation is one thing, and that's basic, that's foundational. But also, if God's given you a vision to step out by faith and there's naysayers, or you're looking at circumstances and you're saying, that could never happen. I could never be that person. I could never go there. I could never do that. If God's told you, that's all you need. You just prepare yourself. It's like God said, if I tell you to charge the gates of hell, I don't care if you just got a water bottle, you go after it, and I'll be with you. And so whatever God's leading you to do, you step out by faith and use it. So some of you have the gift of faith. I believe your pastor, Pastor Zach, I believe he's, one of his gifts is the gift of faith. So support him, encourage him, because there can be naysayers along the way. Another gift mentioned in this same passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, is the gift of administration. In chapter, 20, uh, chapter 12, verse 28, uh, you read, And God has appointed some for apostles, prophets, teachers, Miracles, gifts of healing, helps, administrations, and variety of tongues. It says, I'm going to let Pastor Zach preach on that one. Uh, gift of administration. That is, you can organize well. You can efficiently organize people to accomplish specific goals or specific tasks. You can do things and you, you see what others might see as a mess. What others might view as impossible. You look at it and you say, mm, we can make that work. We can put that, that square over here and that round thing over here, and we can move things around a bit and put them all in this line over here, and, and we can make it work. And that's a gift God's uniquely given to you. That's not a platform gift, but friend, it's just as important as anything else, and God wants you to use that gift for his glory. In Genesis chapter 41, you read the story of Joseph. Now, Joseph spent 13 years in prison. He'd been betrayed by his brothers, He'd been sold as a slave. He could have given up. He could have just rotted away. He said, God's turned his back on me. My family's turned my back on me. The Egyptians hate me. I'm quitting. I'm giving up. But he kept his eyes on the Lord. And finally, the day came when he was released from prison. He had the gift to interpret dreams. He interpreted Pharaoh's dreams. And one of the dreams he interpreted is one day there's going to be a great famine that's going to encompass all the land of Egypt. And then he said to Pharaoh, and what we need to do, that administrative gift coming out, what we need to do is when we have seven years of plenty, let's gather all the harvest together. Let's store, let's save, let's put them in silos, let's put them in bins, put them. So when famine comes later, and there's going to be seven years of famine, we not only are going to have food for those impacted by the famine, 
but all the nations around us are going to come for us buying, we're going to make money off the famine, buying grain from us. And you know that's exactly what they did. And Egypt prospered because of one man using his administrative gift. Now God has gifted some of you in administration, in organizing. You could be like Joseph. You could say, well, life hadn't turned out like I hoped. I'm, I'm washed out and Joseph was in prison and maybe life hadn't unfolded like you hoped. But if you've got that gift, you work to keep your eyes on the Lord and develop that gift. It's amazing how just that gift that's never really in the spotlight is so vitally important. You know, some of you have heard a little football team called the Georgia Bulldogs. And uh, they've won the past two national championships. What you may not know is about four years ago, uh, Coach Smart, maybe three years ago, was upset because uh, something just wasn't unfolding correctly. Something wasn't going as he was anticipated. And so he decided to hire a new dietitian. He'd heard about a woman down in Florida and brought her up for an interview and began to have an interview with her. And uh, she pulled out a chart and she said, Coach, let me show you something. University of Georgia has one of the highest injury rates in the Southeastern Conference. And she, she showed him the roster and all the injury reports on the roster. And she said, Coach, why is that? She started interviewing him. Coach, why is that? Why have you allowed this to happen? And she said, I'll tell you why you're having all these injuries. Your diet's not what it ought to be for your football players. Your training regimen's not what it ought to be for the football players. And if you'll get this right and your training regimen right, Coach, do you want to win a national championship or not? He pulled out a desk drawer. He had an offer, financial offer to give her. He reached in, he ripped it in half and said, what will it cost to bring you here? <laughs> <laughs> Gave her the job. She became the dietitian. And how about that? The last couple of years, Georgia's won the national title. But has anybody talked about the dietitian? We've talked about assistant coaches. We talk about staff. We talk about the head coaches. They're all important. But equally important, perhaps even more important, is the team dietitian. A friend of mine was taking one of the players to speak one Wednesday night to a youth group. And they ordered a meal, and the meal came and sat down in front of them. And the player got on his phone, and he started texting. A friend of mine said, what in the world are you doing? Why are you texting? He said, well, we got this new dietitian at the University of Georgia. She wants us, in fact, she makes us text the team and her and her staff Every item we eat, everything we drink, obviously a few of them had been doing that, everything we eat, <laughs> everything we drink, and then they put all that on a flow chart and keep track of everything, even snacks, everything. We got to document. So, again, maybe it's a small piece in the cog, but without that piece, they probably wouldn't be where they are today. You may think your role is not important. You may think your role is not that vital. You may think your role is not necessary. But it absolutely, most certainly is. As each one has a gift, so use the gift in ministry one to another. Use that gift. So there's the faith gift. There's the administrative gift. There's also the health gift, gift mentioned in verse 28. Uh, gifts of healing, gifts of helps. And helping is full of uh, ability to just see a situation and have a heart for assistance and help in that situation, relieving the pressure of that situation and offering whatever is needed. 
Now, that's not a platform gift, but it's a vitally important gift. In Acts chapter 9, verse 36, you read about Tabitha or Dorcas who died. And people were so brokenhearted about her loss of life. And yet, uh, they showed linen. They showed dresses. They, they showed pieces of clothing that she had made. And how loving she was. How caring she was. How full of good works and charitable deeds she was, according to Acts 9. It's taking the burden off other people and putting it on yourself. And some of you have that kind of heart. Some of you have that kind of passion. You just want to get involved and help people. And that's so vitally, crucially important. Charles Spurgeon said one way you can identify if you have the gift of helps is by this. You have a tender heart to really care, a quick eye to see the need, a quick foot to get to the needy, a loving face to cheer and to bless, a firm foot so you will not fall yourself, a strong hand to grip the needy with, and a bent back to reach all people. If that identifies anything about you, go to the pastor, say, Pastor, I believe God's given me a gift of helps. And I want to use it. I want to sign up. Take some smelling salt so that after he wakes, so you can wake him up after he passes out. That somebody volunteers, wants to help. Say, I want to be used of God. You may have the gift of help. Another gift God gives is, is healing, gifts of healing in this same verse. Now, uh, I, I know there's different interpretations about this. And personally, me, I believe some gifts are apostolic gifts. Some ended with the last apostle, death of the last apostle. But some, to some degree, still exist today. Uh, James chapter 5, verse 14 tells us, If someone is sick, come to the elders of the church, pray over them the prayer of faith, and, and God may heal them. And so you, you do step out by faith. Now, we thank the Lord for medical professionals, health care professionals, one of our daughters is a nurse practitioner and cardiologist, so we, we thank the Lord for them. And we go to doctors, we take medicine. But sometimes God intervenes beyond the ability and capability and parameters of modern medicine uh, in ways that medicine can't intervene. I remember several years back, uh, we had a gentleman in, in our church, I used to pastor here, and he had a malignant brain tumor. He'd seen the physicians, they, they, they'd opened up his skull, and they said, we, we've done all we can do. You get ready. You may have six months to live. Well, he called the elders of the church, as James 5 admonishes, and medicine had given up. And we prayed over him, anointing him with oil. And that rascal lived 25 more years. Had a good full life. Preached his funeral just a couple of years back. But God intervenes in ways sometimes even beyond what modern medicine can do. Some of you might know uh, Homer Myers. Some of you might remember Dr. Everett Roseberry, pediatrician, took your children. Maybe you went there growing up. He was our children's pediatrician. We used to send a lot of teams into Eastern Europe, Russia, Siberia, Ukraine, uh, when I was pastor here before. And, and we had a particular team going to Siberia, and I kind of went with them to Novosibirsk, the primary city, and, and uh, sent them out from there. And we had folks scattered over several hundred miles. And, and Homer and Everett Roseberry, Dr. Roseberry, they, they went out the furthest. They went this, Siberia's remote. They went to a remote part of Siberia. And they were supposed to have a medical clinic. That There was supposed to be an arrangement for a local hospital to let Dr. Roseberry uh, see patients there. But when they got there, they, they met a stone wall of resistance. 
uh, the local doctors were threatened by an American doctor. And they, they said, well, you can t just give us an orientation of how you do medicine in America and talk about hospital work in America. We don't, we don't want you seeing any patients because they didn't want any, say, anyone to say, you know, American doctors are better than Russian doctors. We can't have that. Well, they, were, they looked at a child care center that was affiliated with the hospital. And this little boy, and Everett said, and they had confirmed, he had cerebral encephalitis. He was rocking back and forth and banging his head on a wall. Blank stare, pale, gaunt. He'd been left there. He'd been abandoned by his family. No hope for him whatsoever. Hospital had given up. Doctors had given up. That day at a lunch break, Everett, Dr. Roseberry, prayed for that little boy. Maybe it wasn't the most faithful of all prayers, but he, he prayed for that little boy. According to Homer Myers, a good friend, some of you know Homer, after they returned from lunch that day, they walked by that child care center and the little boy with cerebral encephalitis had been banging his head on the wall was down on the floor playing with all the other children. The medical staff saw what occurred. They were dumbfounded how this happened. Dr. Roseberry said, we, we prayed at lunch for that little boy. God's performed a miracle and raised him up. Not only did they start allowing Everett, Dr. Roseberry, to see patients, they lined up patients for 12 hours a day. Not only did they get to deliver medication, but they got to share the good news of Jesus Christ. God's a healing God. Does that mean he heals in every circumstance? He's, God, he's sovereign. He's God. We're not. But sometimes he chooses to go beyond what medicine's capabilities are and provides healing. Now, sometimes it's physical healing. Sometimes it's emotional healing. Proverbs 25, 11 says that a, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold on trays of silver. And sometimes somebody can just be going through the dregs of life and down for the count. They pray they feel like heaven is brass. And God can give you and me a specific word. And it will go directed to their circumstance, directed to their heart, directed to what they're facing. And a miracle can occur. I'm amazed at how many times I've had people throughout the years say, you know, I, I talked to you one time about such and such, and I remember you told me, and my life took a different turn, and I was never the same. And guess what? I don't even remember what I said. I don't even remember the conversation most of the time. And I, I try to act like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I was that smart. When it wasn't me at all. It was just the Lord giving me the right word to say at the right time. A right word fitly spoken is like apples of gold on trays of silver. Therefore, be careful how you speak to people. Be careful what you say. Be careful with idle talk. You don't know all that's going on in anyone's life at any circumstance at any time. And just by giving the right word, and you don't have to think it through because God will give it to you. The right word at the right time can bring hope in what to many could be the worst of circumstance of all. Now, how do you find out what your gifts are? We've talked kind of big, broad overview today since I'm the fill-in preacher. Well, there's a lot of different ways, a lot of different tests, but let me give you a, a word that I kind of use that, that's uh, an acrostic called SHAPE, S-H-A-P-E. And each letter stands for a word that gives you some direction. First is spiritual gifts, S, spiritual gifts. Everybody's got one. First Peter 4.10 is each one has a gift. So use your gift and ministry one to another. You've got a gift. 
Don't ignore your gift. Use your gift. You've got one. So S is spiritual gift. H, letter H, heart. What's your heart? What's your passion? What do you even maybe lose sleep over? What, what drives you? What, what, what's, what's a vision God may have given you? In Joshua chapter 4, verse 12, uh, we learn about one of those biblical characters, one of those patriarchs saying, God gave me that mountain. And I'm 80 years old, but I'm still going forward. I believe that. I've got a heart. I've got a passion for that. And you may have a specific burden on your heart, a drive, an intensity on your heart that you can't get away from. You can't, you can't remove. It's just kind of there every time you turn around. And God's given that to you. We lived in South Carolina several years, and I remember reading the history of First Baptist Church of Charleston, which is our oldest church in Southern Baptist life, starting in the 1600s. Well, probably in the mid to late 1700s, People had moved out and left, and the thought was to close down the church, sell the property. But a group of ladies in the church said, no, God put us here for a reason. We're not going to let this church die. And they had daily prayer meetings at the church and trusted God to bring people in. Trust God to bring revival fire. Trust God to save souls. And God showed up. And that church is still there today with a thriving ministry because a group of women would not give up. They had a heart and passion for their church. Whatever God's given you, whatever vision you have, don't give up on it. Don't ignore it. Don't make light of it. Don't belittle it. Take it seriously. Move forward with your heart. S-H-A, abilities. What are your abilities? A stands for abilities. In Acts 16, 11 through 15, Lydia is talked about as one who was a dye of purple and had great talent. You've got abilities that are unique to you. And God wants you to use your abilities for his glory in his body and in this community as well. What abilities do you have? When my first church was up in the mountains up in Fannin County near Blue Ridge. And I remember we had a gentleman that was a retired uh, driver and route salesman for bread. And he'd driven a bread, uh, bread truck in Metro Atlanta and moved to the mountains. And he didn't have any platform gifts. He wasn't a singer and he wasn't a preacher. And you didn't ask him to pray publicly, just a quiet, reticent kind of personality. But he said, you know, Pastor, I know how to drive. I drove, I drove a bread truck all my life. I can drive. Well, because of remote locations, as long before they built 575, um, people had to come to Atlanta many times for serious surgeries or whatever. And his ministry was driving them back and forth to Atlanta. And he did it well. He used his gift. He used his ability. He used his background. God's given you ability. How does he want to use your ability for his glory? And then what's your personality? That's the P, letter P, personality. And you have a unique personality. Some, some might say, well, he's got a really unique personality. But you've got a unique personality that's designed specifically for you. In John 21, we read about Peter. Impetuous Peter. You know, I'm glad Peter's in the Bible. Peter gives us all hope because God can use Peter. He can use you and he can use me. Uh, Peter would open mouth and search foot just about every time. And in John chapter 21, he sees Jesus and he just jumps in the water and swims to Jesus in cold, icy water. But he saw the Lord. He swam to the Lord. He was just impetuous about his personality. And, and you've got a unique personality. Martha and Mary are mentioned in Luke chapter 10. Mary always wanted to sit at Jesus' feet. Uh, Martha was a busybody. I wanted to make sure everything's clean, everything's proper, everything's straight. They had different personalities. And you've got a unique personality unique to you and God wants to use that personality for his glory his praise in the church family community experiences letter E experiences uh, 
What do you do with experiences God's given you? In 1 Samuel 17, 34, uh, David's coming to Saul about Goliath, the giant who's intimidating, who's threatening the army of God. And David says to Saul, um, I saw a bear after the flock. I killed the bear. I saw a lion after the flock. I killed the lion. So I can kill that giant too. He based his vision on his experiences. You've got life experiences that are unique to you. Use them for God's glory. And I was pastor here at Blackshire Place, Christ Place, one of our members. We used to send a lot of mission teams around the world. And, and uh, we had some former college and professional football players. And some of our missionaries at that time were coaching semi-pro teams in Europe. And so we sent some volunteer teams over to uh, work with them. One of those was Mike Darby. He, he played college football at your other favorite school, Georgia Tech. And, and uh, uh, Mike got a vision to recruit players. Uh, Mike got a vision, even though he, that his, he was a banker. Uh, in his vacation time, he'd recruit guys to go and coach those teams and train those players. And, and use that background he had in college football uh, to touch guys that otherwise would never darken the doors of a church. And as a result of them coaching those teams, many of them got saved. One of them trusted Christ in France, flew over to Blackshire Place, Christ's Place, to get baptized. And his mother came with him to watch the baptism. She got saved. We baptized both of them. That would never have happened if he had not used his experiences for God's glory. And you've got experiences. Whatever experience God's given you, find out how you can use it for his glory. There's an article this morning on the news media about Caitlin Pavey. Uh, she was born with a withered arm. Her picture's in the story. And yet she is the first female to get a full college scholarship to play college softball. She didn't let the adversity stop her. But she had an experience that she's going to rely on now to propel her to play softball on the collegiate level. And there's a movie coming out about her that says, I can. It's supposed to be a Christian movie, so check it out before you go. But everybody's got a gift. Everybody's got a unique circumstance. Everybody's got life experiences. And God wants you to use those for his glory and advancing his kingdom. Everyone has a gift. First Peter 4.10. Use the gift in ministry one to another. Now God's given you a gift. Is it unopened? Is your gift ignored? Is it squandered? Or have you opened it? And are you using it? We're told that physical therapists are only good if you hate them. If you're like me, and many of you are, you've had a few surgeries. I've had shoulder surgery, knee surgery, knee replacement. One thing a therapist is going to do is get you to use those muscles. Don't let those muscles shrivel up. Don't let those muscles atrophy. If you do, you're going to use, you're going to lose their usefulness. Use them. Nine years ago, I had knee replacement, and I was in the hospital three days. My wife had knee replacement and hip hip surgery last year and she walked out of the hospital the same day doctors have learned you got to use those muscles you got to use them you got to use them you got to use them if you don't use them they'll atrophy 
It'll shrivel and won't be as worthwhile. So how about your gift, just like those muscles? Are you using them? Have you discovered what they are? You'll never be fulfilled in life till you find out not only you know Christ as Savior, but also how God's uniquely gifted you to use that unique gift or gifts to glorify him in the body of Christ. But the greatest gift is the gift of salvation. Have you come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? That's the beginning. That's where you start. If you've never trusted Christ, I encourage you today to give your life to Jesus Christ and begin to discover the wonderful life, purpose, and plan he has for you. Father, we pray today as we conclude the service that it will also be a beginning, a starting point for us to discover who we are in Christ and how he has so uniquely gifted each of us. I pray that everyone here will say, Lord, I need to look at how you've shaped me because I am uniquely made. Psalm 139 says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are his works that my soul knows very well. He shapes us in our mother's womb. And God shaped you and made you unique. You're as unique as a snowflake. And gave you special life experiences and personality and heart and passion to glorify him in this one life you have to live. Be intent on discovering what your shape is. And then present yourself faithfully to use that gift for God's glory. If you've never met Christ as Savior, today we invite you to give your life to Him. If you're not a Christian yet, would you say something like this to the Lord right now? Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner and I want to turn from my sin. Please forgive me. I believe you died and shed your blood for my sin. You were buried and you're raised again. You're my Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. If you've sincerely now invited Christ to come into your heart, you've begun the wonderful life God has for you. In a moment, we'll have an invitation to ask you to respond. And Father, we pray for any of us that have decisions to make today, that we'll make those, whether it be to come and just dedicate our gift to the Lord, or join the fellowship, or profess faith in Christ. Lead us today what we know you want us to do. And ask in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to stand and sing our hymn of invitation. God speaks to you about any decision he's laid you to make. You step out and you come.
forsaken for by my side the savior he will stay i labor on in weakness and rejoicing his power is displayed to this i hold my shepherd will defend me through the deepest valley he will lead oh the night has been won and i shall overcome yet not i but through christ The price it has been paid For Jesus bled and suffered for my pardon And he was raised to overthrow the grave To this I hold my sin has been that let's go to our lord now in prayer father thank you for a good day in the lord we continue to pray for pastor zach and his family your company grace for them i thank you for these my brothers and sisters in christ and how they are all awesomely and very uniquely created by you we pray that each one of us will discover what it means to not only discover that unique creation and giftedness but also how we plug in to the body of Christ. We pray this for your glory, your praise, in Jesus' name, amen. We'll see y'all next week. God bless on your way out the door. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for joining us on the Sunday stream here at Flat Creek Baptist Church in Gainesville, Georgia. I am Pastor Zach Williams, and it is a great honor to have you join us through our online platform. It is our belief here at Flat Creek Baptist 
that you should be connected to a local congregation. And so if you are in the Gainesville, Georgia area, we want to encourage you to come out and be a part of what God is doing in our midst. There's nothing like being connected to a local body of believers. However, if you are tuning in today and you are not from the Gainesville, Georgia area and you're tuning in from some other place on earth, what we're going to encourage you to do is get attached to a local body of believers under good, sound, biblical, doctrinal preaching so that you can be encouraged in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ and allow Flat Creek Baptist and our Sunday stream to just be a supplement to what God is doing in your life. Friends, I thank you so much once again for joining us. God bless you. And for more information, you can visit our website, flatcreekchurch.net. Savior calling gates 
Just one of our songs can impact a listener's life. And that just gave me such hope and just courage moving forward and really recommitting my life to God. 97.5 Glory FM. Listen here, because what you listen to has an effect on what you say. Thanks for listening to 97.5 Glory FM.
great gospel music, plus some preaching and teaching straight from the Bible. It's all for you on 97.5 Glory FM. Look at this station, keeping you focused on the things of God. It just gives a positive environment to our home. 97.5 Glory FM. Walking out this morning beneath the blue skies. 
97.5 Glory FM, North Georgia's Southern Gospel Music Station.
dejected and I feel so all alone Then I try to reach my father and I know he'll be home For when life gets hard to handle and I'm fearful and alarmed I get anxious to find Jesus and he stands with open It's a holy one As I waited there in silence I knew that he would come Then I saw the light of a heaven 97.5 Glory FM Your family radio station in North Georgia Hi, I'm Father